everyone, and welcome to the 320 Club podcast. Why is it called the 320 Club? Well, 420 was already taken, and happy hour is happening somewhere else. We're your hosts. I'm Whiskey. And I'm Rox. What's going on now, Rock or Whiskey? Oh my Jesus. goodness. A little rough Sorry. today, aren't we? Yeah. It's legal now. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> okay. We got to get the lawnmower man. It's going to be whisk, Whiskey Rocks and the lawnmower man. Why? Because it smells, it smells, it smells like grass in here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Is that why, is that why you're so chatty earlier? <laughs> What's that? Is that why you're so chatty earlier? <laughs> A little bit, yeah. And now I'm just walking in circles around my house while I talk on a Bluetooth headset. So that's that's fun. I've already gotten past munchie phase. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so um, yeah. what do you want? What's here? Trump still hasn't got his money for his wall yet, even though the Republicans support it. But the Democrats aren't going down without a fight. Wait, I thought we were going to talk about wine today. Yeah, but guess who's whining all the time? I'm not. Whoa, wow. Listen to this guy. It's just because I spent two and a half episodes talking about social justice issues, isn't it? I, I was in getting a, back at me. Whoa, you're someone's defensive. I was talking about a wall that led to Trump, but you went for yourself. I know. Oh, come on. Yeah, so I, I built my own wall. Oh, <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> uh, so why do, you, why, why do you bring this up? Trump's. Trump's having issues getting his wall built. Well, we have the government. Their government's on a holiday. So the Canadians, uh, some of the Canadian um, air traffic controllers have been sending pizzas to their counterparts in the U.S. I and, did see that. That was, he, that was pretty crazy. Even George W. Bush was uh, handing out pizza to Secret Services. They're a Secret Service agent. Really? I didn't, I didn't see that. That's cool. Yeah. Neat. Yeah. So... Uh, I guess a, you know if you're, if you're not getting a, George. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. So I guess uh, if you're not getting paid, you should be frugal. So I figure we talk about wine after that. Uh, I see. Well, it's quite a guy that George W. There, you know, when you when you saw what he was going through or what we saw what was happening, you know, <clears throat> ten. Jesus, is it? It's almost fifteen years ago. Now, I guess, during his presidency, even more than that. But you look at a guy, it's just like, I don't know if people universally hated him, but they're like, we can do better. And then somebody in the back room decided, no, we can go dumber. Is a Joe Rogan joke for you. But, uh, you know, it's funny. You look at him through the lens of what we're seeing with Trump. He looks like... A fucking he looks like Einstein. He looks like a golden boy genius, like a classical Republican when you look at it through the lens of Trump. So that's an interesting character. Yeah, it's like the Republican uh the Bush dynasty <laughs> dynasty uh came to an end and you're like, They ousted me for this? <laughs> yeah, I know. That's crazy. But anyways, I was talking about wine and I don't know I see. I make it at my house, and I get some people come by, and they're like, "Oh, you make wine?" I said, "Yeah, it's like the uh, the best. What do you call it? Uh, best bacteria for you." <laughs> in the the sense, best bacteria. Well, everybody's like the uh, everybody's looking to uh, put in their um, good bacteria back in your body, so you need bacteria to make wine. Okay, is that you mean like yeast? You're talking. That's what you're talking about, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, wasn't that? You know, I think it was you that was telling me uh, a while back about uh, every fall. There's like uh, there's reporting and sightings of unusually rabid raccoons. Right? They look like they're all foaming at the mouth and they all look all fucked up. But you told me it's like it has nothing to do with them. There being an increase in rabies. It actually has more to do with they've just gone out and eaten naturally fermented grapes and they're all fucking drunk. Yeah. Bears too. And bears can get enough to get drunk. Apparently. <clears throat> enough to get drunk. That kind of explains the you know, the three month hibernation that they go through. <laughs> what is it? It's gotta be like three to five months that they hibernate until they have to get back up in the spring. It's just one giant blackout hangover sleep 
Rock on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, you, now you know why uh, rock bands, uh, you know, take hiatuses to sober up for a while. But uh, you, you know, it's 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 uh, to me, it's a, it's a logic chain. So wine isn't to me. It's ah, oh, grape juice is good for my kid. What can I do with grape juice? Well, I can take grapes and I can add a bacteria to it, and then I get wine. And you're like, well, that's pretty good wine. I could add another bacteria and make it bubbly wine. That's pretty cool. And then I can let sit for a while, let another bacteria come in, and I get vinegar. Hmm. I take my wine, I boil it, I get brandy and acetone and some other cool things. Um, so it, to me, it's, it, to me, it's just a logic thread. And and you say, well, it's expensive to start and. You tell the crowd there, but uh, it's not very expensive to start, is it? No, holy! It's like I don't know. Like, what did I? What did I end up spending in total? I mean, this is with all the equipment included, but a little over a hundred bucks for your carboys, for all your tubing, for your siphoning, um, for and then for the wine itself, which is alone. You look at some of the Costco websites, what they're providing. It's just like they can go as low as like. Sixty dollars for a box, which makes about thirty bottles. And you didn't start with the uh, entry level kit; you got the deluxe kit right off the bat. <laughs> Just because there's so uh, many, so many people uh, like dumping this stuff because it's fun for a while, but unless you, there's a there's a bit of a commitment involved. Um, yeah. So you make a bunch of wine, you get you know thirty bottles worth of wine. Are you gonna make it next week? I don't know. Depends on how committed you are to it, right? Or thirsty. Or how, you know, pushy your friend at work can be in, in getting you to do this thing that you've never tried before. <laughs> oh, come on. It was super easy. So, <laughs> it, it, but it's, it's funny because you, so you, you pull up and you'll go like, you know, I'm not much of a connoisseur, but, you know, I like olive oil. And I like, with my olive oil, I like a really good balsamic vinegar. Okay. So let me dispel a couple of myths here. Is that um, when you buy high quality wine vinegar, like nice balsamic vinegar, and you look mm-hmm. at the bottle, it actually has leftover crap that I would normally throw out for my still. And they'll really? sell it to you for $40 a bottle. Really? Yeah. That's crazy how basic things are that you know, get reused into just everyday things that we do. Isn't didn't you say it was like wood ash goes into making soap like very well? It's yeah. like it's like one of the key ingredients that wood ash is in in things like soap. Yeah, well here here's the thing. So picture yourself, yeah, you've you've discovered iron or some sort of way of cooking on the fire. And you're sitting there cooking and you just throw the pan in the fire. They burn off the stuff. You add a little bit of water, and eventually what happens, for some reason, you, it, it's kind of slimy, but it gets off um, grease really well. Well, fast forward a 1,000 years, we, we now know that uh, sodium hydroxide and potassium hydroxide are salts found in hardwood. So if you uh, put, put a big barrel of these wood ash and you let rainwater fall into it, out comes this, it, it'll dissolve the salt, and then as it runs out, the bottom, because you, you would probably put a little uh, spigot in the bottom, mm-hmm. you get a, a water in sodium and potassium hydroxide solution. You just put in the sun for a little while, and it'll evaporate the water, and then you're left with a concentrated solution. You add that to fat because you had that in your frying pan a thousand years ago. And then you realize a reaction happens, and then you have soap. Hmm. And See, it is that you easy. You make it sound so simple. It is that easy. Listen, making... I think when you try to start explaining things to people in a way where you have to use words like sodium, hydroxate, potas- potassium... They start tuning out because there's like I'm. There's no way 
why would I ever pay attention to those words? And why would I ever pretend pay attention to how this is done if it involves well, those well, words? <laughs> well, here's here's the funny. Here's the funniest thing possible. One of the key ingredients of in making soap, sodium hydroxide, the other name is called lye. Mm-hmm. And guess what? You dump it down your drain at least once a year. In high like concentration. Drano? Like Drano, because Drain Opener is made of lye. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Because it dissolves hair. And you know how the um, um, my brethren used to uh, test um, if this, the, the lye was ready to be uh, used? They would put mm. a chicken feather in their solution. If it melted, the chicken feather was good to go. Wow. So what, is, what does it actually do? Does it dissolve biological material? Or how does that work? Well, it's an extreme base. So like, okay. ble- like bleach. It's, oh, okay. it's on that side of the pH scale. Okay. And when it makes, when it encounters a fat, a complex chain of reaction happens, and it changes. The, the proper word is saponification. So if you spoke French, it's the word sapon, which is French for soap, ication. Oh, and... oh that's crazy. <laughs> that's neat. Nice and complex. Okay, I learned something today. <laughs> so then you go like, oh, man, this is so cool. What else can I do? Well, I mean... When we, we walk around every day and we're like, we need probiotics as I drink my homebrew. But we need, <laughs> we need more probiotics. So I drink my homebrew. But you're like, well, what else could I do with bacteria? And you're like, how do we get it in our bodies? Why do we have to spend 30 bucks for a bottle of pills so I can get probiotics? Well, I'll tell you, people, it's everywhere. You don't need to buy a pill. You can lick lettuce and get probiotics. I swear to God. Yeah, well, that's that's well, yeah, that's like the marketability, right? People are taking advantage of people's ignorance and they're marketing shit based off of, um, you know, like something that's just. It's like I'm gonna sell you this brand new product. It's called H2O, and people are like, oh, what's that? <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, it's like smart water. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, there was a guy, he, he lost his business completely on that. I forget what it was about. Something about, uh, oh, God damn it. It was like, a, oh, it was something for like the, the yoga people, like the clean, healthy living people. It was in the news a while ago, and he completely lost all of his stocks. He ended up going bankrupt because they figured out how how horrible his product was like it was just it was a complete hoax or a farce or whatever he was like he was even being promoted by oprah that was how famous his product was i I can't remember what it was though for the life of me yeah that happens everywhere so so let me let me clue everybody in here um so probiotics is on every freaking green product or vegetable you could find Go eat broccoli, you're going to get probiotics. You will. It's on the surface. (laughs) So the next step is like, where where does bacteria come from? So I like it in, if you like kimchi or you like sriracha sauce, and my theory is some of the best um, coleslaw is fermented vegetables. And you're like, well, how do I ferment vegetables? It's easy. You put them in a container, add a bit of salt and sauce, and then you just... Leave it in the counter. What, Leave it on the counter what, for a week to, a week to like the, the Koreans like, so, uh, yeah, up to a couple months. It's like pickles or sauerkraut. It is a pickling kind. Sauerkraut's another fermented one, but pick, pickling has a, another branch which comes to which involves extreme sterilization. What I'm talking about is fermentation. What you're doing is you're just creating a world that your friends called probiotics can come and live, and you're like, yeah, man. These are probiotics. Eat up. We're cool. No, th- <laughs> but the thing is, is that these probiotics force out all the other bad bacteria. Right. So you create an environment that there's there's, there's good guy bacteria and there's bad guy bacteria, right? Well, there's ones that you know are cool for us, and some things are not so cool for us. So like gut bl- biome is something that you want to have because it helps dissolve certain materials that enter into your stomach, right? Yeah, it's, I think they call it the flora, which just means. The animals that live there, or the animal, or the plants that live there, but but, but here, it's bacteria. Yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> and the, the thing is, some bacteria stink, some are, some don't. But here's an interesting about our culture. Okay, 
bad bacteria is usually black or dark colored. Good bacteria is usually white. For you guys who are going in college right now who may be listening to this, that's why your little science experiments happen in your fridge smell so bad, but they're also black. Leftovers, man. We've all been there. <laughs> but, I mean, ju- ju- just you, you just think of these things that are ingrained in us. Black is good, or sorry, black is bad, good, white is good. And yeah. these, these polarization is where its association is ingrained. It's almost like animalistic in, uh, when we talk about colors. So, I mean, and then you say, well, what else could I do with bacteria that is so good? Well, guess what, guys? I love cheese. And cheese is made with bacteria. So there's an enzyme that uh, was traditionally found um, from uh, the, the stomach lining of, of uh, calves, which is rennet, but you can get vegetable rennet. And really just an enzyme that, um, <clears throat> that coagulates milk. And you're like, hmm. oh, that's cool. And then, then you add another bacteria, and you'll get like cheddar. And you add another bacteria, you get Swiss. And if you add, you make your cheese, and then you add a, a third bacteria, you get blue cheese. So, like, like bacteria is awesome. Like, if you're going How to like, they make that brie stuff because that shit is way too creamy and delicious to be just regular cheese. Well, if you think about it, we had a problem. Okay, before refrigeration, we had a huge problem. Like, yeah, we had to sh- put it in the ground or move north. No, we had to survive the winter. <laughs> Right? So we have to survive the winter. If we have to survive the winter, I need food that will outlast the growing season. So what do I do? Grapes don't last. Um, my grape juice won't last. My, cheap, my, my milk products won't last. My vegetables won't last. Okay. So I don't, I, don't, I don't have access to sterilization. So what do I do? My, my daughter's going to starve. Okay, my daughter's going to get malnourished. Um, mm-hmm. We can only rely on animals that on meat, and we know that it could eventually lead to uh, rabbit poisoning or scurvy. Mm-hmm. So what do I do to make that happen? Well, the answer is preservation. So if I have... Any, and, you, and you could see how this sort of happened. I have a big jug of milk that I'm not drinking. I'm storing it for the winter. Some things happened to it, or and it changed. Um, Starts curdling. Curdling, but if you slaughter a calf when it's young and it's already been feeding, guess what? You're going to find it in its stomach. Curdles. Little little worm shit. No, yeah. well, no, you're going to find curdles in the calf's stomach. And yeah, because well, because yeah, because the rennet's yeah. there. And you take, what do I do with this? Mm. Well, I eat it because they, at that time they eat everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you say, okay, well, what are we going to do with it? Well, let's, well, I'll, we'll leave these, 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 cur- these curds till tomorrow. And then tomorrow you're really hungry and you've, you've cut the grass and, you're, and you got the munchies. And, <laughs> and you decide that you want to try some of them. <laughs> and you decide that you want to try some of this stuff because it's the only thing that's left. <laughs> you're trying to invoke images of food in me buddy <clears throat> the munchy phase has passed i'm in discussion mode right now <laughs> yeah and your wife isn't home so guess what happens yeah. after the podcast <laughs> that's right that's right you'd be talking to the sock puppets <laughs> basically i just talk to myself i'm i'm pretty weird folks it's what happens when you get married and have a kid you don't get it that much, so you end up talking to yourself a lot. Yeah, Rox has got his own <laughs> internal podcast. Yeah, internal reflection. That's what we're really here here, here for, folks. <laughs> so you, you start thinking, like, well, what can I do with this? Like, okay, well, I'm going to make cheese. And then cheese has its own way of going about it through a manufacturing process. But what's even more interesting about cheese and wine is that um, before they really commercialized it, is the bacteria they would they would store uh, the products in caves? And you're like, well, yeah, caves. Caves have their own distinct bacteria. Now, oh, and so, it's good bacteria. 
and they would have good bacteria. So that, that what would happen is they bring it to the cave, they would store it there, and then the good bacteria would would uh, go into the into the product, and it would be consistent year over year, because they didn't have commercialization over there. This is what they did. Well, we bring our cheese into the cave, it turns into this, and we sell that. Is this how we develop the idea of like underground and cellars and all that kind of stuff to, for food storage? Well, it's because yeah, this, yes, is this where this came about? Because because they they had consistent temperatures, they could, would adapt their product to meet those temperatures. So you think of like a parmesan, which has a really low moisture content, is more after it's been coated in wax, is really resistant to bacteria mm. because it has the, the its its own enzymes inside. Plus, it's got a coating of wax to keep out new ones. And if you That's coat out, interesting how that you, works out. It, and you see, like the survivor got people, they're like, "Oh, I have this revolutionary idea. I'm gonna go to the store. I'm gonna buy some cheese, and then I'm gonna coat it in wax, and then I'm gonna survive it during the zombie apoc- apocalypse." Well, guess what? Well, okay, it's not it a just new be idea. Real life when the polar bear shows up on your homestead and fucking tears you apart. <laughs> it, it, it doesn't need a zombie apocalypse for that. <laughs> it's not a new idea. <laughs> I know, I get it. Baby Bell's got them covered, man. <laughs> Baby Bell's has got them covered. Oh yeah, yep, yeah, that's right. But then, oh you, my god, but, that's funny. <laughs> but you you have small time producers. What they do is they. They like the um, natural fermentation. And by most accounts, natural fermentation has has more than one bacteria there that's beneficial to you. So what they do is they, they'll pre-harvest a bunch of grapes with the natural bacteria, spike it full of sugar, create their starter mix, let the yeast and enzymes grow, and then they take that and add it to their fermentation tanks, and that's when they make their wine. Huh. So the wine itself is sulfite-free because they already created a dominant, a dominant uh, um, bacteria. And What do it, the sulfites do? It actually inhibits, inhibits other bacterial growth. Oh, so it like inhibits or it doesn't kill off that currently, uh, currently established, you know, bacteria or whatever. Well, it doesn't well, do that. Well, it can't kill them all off saying? because as soon as you add the commercial yeast... It has to grow. So if sulfites are present, then ah. then it can't grow. So you you find like commercial yeast are sulfite resistant. Oh. So if you have people that are um, allegedly allergic to sulfites, it's because they've added it in the wine to inhibit mold, uh, comp- competing mold, uh, mold growth. But what what's, what's interesting is that so there's there's a paradigm like I'm a naturalist. I want everything pure. Well, then you're like, you know what? Fuck uh, those people. We live in the greatest time ever to be alive. Why not enjoy the technology for what it is? Well, no, no. Well, there's a, there's two sides to this. So I, I don't want sulfites, cause, and it's really hard to find wine that is sulfite-free. But anyways. Because so, it changes the taste or what? Uh, no, it's because what they do with sulfites is they, they say, if you find a sulfite in your wine and say, I want a consistent product. Hmm. Okay, because well, what they do is they add sulfites, they add their commercial yeast to it, and then they move on with life. If you don't do that, what you do is you add your yeast, your your starter mix that you got from the field naturally, and you're like, I hope it will work. I hope it will work. I hope it will work. And the commercial yeast usually moves faster because you it's available in an industrial complex. And you can produce things in a, in a predictable rate, whereas a natural producer goes, I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. And well, then you just the regulation of doses, right? Yes, because you don't you, you can have an idea, but you're never going to be perfect, and you just mm-hmm. hope that it'll, everything will turn out well. But I will tell you that the ones that are made naturally without sulfites are tend to be more complex wine. Hmm. Maybe it's because they came from a better cave. I don't know, but that's what happens. Interesting. So yeah, winemaking is pretty cool. <laughs> Well, it extends beyond that. So, like kimchi and sauerkraut, and like fermentation is 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 a thing. So, we was that Canadians? I think I was watching Mark CBC Marketplace. And Canadians, we throw. Out, I swear, one third of the vegetables we we buy, we throw out. Yeah, I, I 
I believe that. Okay. So my next time is, like, if, if, if you're willing to take this challenge with me, I would say go to YouTube and then start looking at recipes to ferment your stuff. If you know, like, by Wednesday, okay, we're not going to eat all this cabbage. Because, you know, cabbage comes in this this bowling ball size of stuff. I'm going to make sauerkraut, and I'm going to use that sauerkraut to make cabbage. And what's really interesting about fermentation is it takes, just takes salt. And if you got a little bit of sea salt with you, that's all you really need. And non-chlorinated water. And for most, for a lot of people, that's tricky. Um, but really what happens, you could probably get it with... You mean like tap water has a, has a certain amount of chlorination in it. Exactly, because that kills bacteria. Right, yeah. Okay, so don't take it from your tap water. Where do you get it? You could probably buy it, I suppose. It has to be specifically noted as that. Or you could live out in the boonies like you do. And get it to uh, get it that way on a well, yeah. Or you can go to the Shoppers Drug Mart. You can buy a four-liter bottle of of uh, ta- uh, distilled water, or, um, non-chlorinated water, and you can use just use it tactically. So mm-hmm. for these things, you know, I would get my recipe ready. I would do the salting uh, uh, to get everything ready, and then I would just use a bit of tap water, uh, distilled water, to rinse everything off. And then give me an initial start state. You don't need a lot of, of water, okay? We're talking about minimal. Mm. So you have this on hand. You take your vegetables because you're talking about a dollar for a, you know, to two dollars for distilled water. And you could even melt snow, or <laughs> if you're so inclined. <laughs> but uh, and boil it first, by the way. Um, then what the next thing is is you just salt the vegetables. Okay, most recipes just a bit of salting, and what salting does two things for the vegetables. It well, it absorbs moisture and water, right? No, it does more than that. It preserves the pectin. Okay. So if you like crunchy vegetables in the middle of winter, well, guess what? That's what it does. So you salt the vegetables first, and you want them fairly thin. So like the consistency of lettuce, the thickness of lettuce, so you can ferment carrots if they're peeled uh, mm-hmm. or shredded, and then what you do is you let it sit. And you, okay, so you add, salt it, you add a bit, uh, and you let it sit. And what it does, it preserves the pectin, but it starts drawing out the moisture. And this is key part of it. Okay? <laughs> then you take your distilled water and rinse it all the salt off. And you're like, okay. I'm, capt- I'm captivated by your uh, science teacher voice that you've got going on. I love it. Very enthusiastic. Go on. Because I like to eat. And, <laughs> and then what you do is you put it in a jar. Okay. Uh, and and the, the jar has to be, be usually most of the time you're gonna use a fairly large jar. I use uh, about they're about two liter jars that fit in the, my fridge door. And what you do is you you put it in there, and you pack it in. You uh, and you just put as much pressure you want as you can, and uh, you want to put a plate underneath this because what happens is that as it fills up and the salt, the residual salt, is still there, it starts drawing out the moisture. And it, it, what it does is it creates a water level. So if you picture, it'd be like, a, you know, kimchi. If you've ever seen kimchi or sauerkraut, it's in a jar and it's got a little bit of water above it. That is a key point because the probiotic that we want hates air. Does not like air. So this natural oh, water okay. layer so that's why when you're making wine like you're explaining to me is that you have to keep it sealed at all times because if oxygen gets to it that's where the bad bacteria gets introduced well you get oxidization now yeah. for wine that means acidic bacteria can get in and it could either go moldy and really bad stuff happen or it can turn to acidic and turn into vinegar so air oh. for vinegar is really good but i kind of like wine over vinegar most times. <laughs> but for, for fermenting vegetables, you want you want to make sure that you, at the worst case scenario, you're going to get white bacteria. Uh, most other times, you're going to get no bacteria. Or so you won't see anything, any visible hairy things. It'll just look like, you know, really messy kimchi. Hmm. And then you can add spices and you're like, oh, this is good. And... Anyways, I make it all the time. It's it's a very fragrant process. So as the the vegetables are sitting below the water line, um, it off gases and 
If you've ever burnt cabbage, well, that's the smell you're going to get. Um, yeah. But is it, I've it, never I've never had kimchi and I barely had sauerkraut. I was never a fan, but finding my age, I'm acquiring new tastes. Ugh, like getting old. Well, you had sriracha, right? Sriracha hot sauce. Uh, well, maybe. Well, is sriracha. That, what that is is that what kimchi is Ferme- part of? No, sriracha is a fermented pepper. Sauerkraut is a fermented uh, cabbage. Kimchi hmm. can be... Well, I knew that. I knew that. There's a thousand recipes for kimchi, but usually involves daikon, radish, onions, and cabbage, and a Napa cabbage, and maybe a bok choy. So they're basically, if you think about it, these are like winter salads, you know? Because you're not getting the raw vegetables with their probiotics in the winter. These things provide the things your, our body needed in the middle of winter. And they last for months in the refrigerator. So, and... Fascinating. Well, Koreans, uh, for kimchi, they used to bury it. And then you, 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 you say, well, okay, what, well, where could we really go from this? This is everything. No. We got fermented milk. So you got some people that make alcohol with milk. You got some you got kefir, which is... Uh, a Jewish m- fermented milk product. Then you go alcohol into... Alcohol with milk. You're like Kahlua? Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> moose milk? Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, well, I can I can go with moose milk. Yeah, they're terrible hangovers. Um, <laughs> I don't know if our viewers know much about moose, moose milk. I think that might be uh, an inside thing. <laughs> uh, it's all over Ontario. I, I didn't see it until I came to Ontario, so... Oh, really? I didn't yeah. see it until I went out west, so maybe you're right. Maybe it is all over. <laughs> um, but then you got um, kombucha, which is a fermented tea. Hmm. So there are ways we, we sought to enjoy life by understanding the world around us and taking appreciation for what is there. Um, so f- from cheeses to, you know, salads, fermented salads. I'm sorry, you said cheeses, and I thought you said Jesus for a second there. (laughs) You've been smoking a little too much. Okay, if you found them, you're in the right spot. Yeah. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, go ahead. But the the point is, understand the world around you, and I I think that falls into the message of our podcast, if you think about it. It's just take the time to really just temper whatever you're seeing with what's really what could be possibly going behind the scenes and look mm-hmm. for look look for the, the the truth. And the truth isn't something that like you said, well, I saw it on Facebook. The truth is something that's verifiable, tested, peer reviewed, and taken, redistributed somewhere else and done there like wine all over the world, and you start seeing, okay, well, this is, yeah, this is what really is there. And then understand why places like Portugal have the naming rights to port. Um, uh, and then, like, cognac and all these all the different naming conventions. So is cognac a brandy? Well, yeah. It just happened. Cognac, I thought, was like a type of whiskey, almost. Like, it's the... French version of a whiskey, I'm not sure. Uh, I could get, I could probably have that totally wrong. Well, here's the thing. Yes and no. So con- uh, so cognac is, it's a brandy made in cognac, France. Mm. Port. Like bourbon por- can only be made in Kentucky. And port is made in Portugal. Yeah, you're right. But fortified wine. can only be made in Scotland. Fortified wine can be made anywhere. And then you say, hmm. well, okay, and so where does it come from? What makes it so special? Well, understand that they're just fancy names for this is booze. It, I drink that, it. It makes me happy. It Well, it's kind of genius when you think about it from the business side. And I'm sure they didn't consciously think about it. But the idea is like if I name, if we name a specific brand of something where they're all, let's take whiskey for an example, right? It's all whiskey, but not every whiskey is scotch, or not ever, not all whiskeys are scotch, and not all scotches. Well, but all scotches are whiskeys. 
Well, no, right? but it's, so, it's, it's more, it's, it, some things are more important than that. It's not just corporations. Now, if I recall correctly. I wouldn't say it's a corporation, but it's definitely, there's a pride. There's a national pride that is not necessarily business related, but it's more established on the collective of the people who find pride in that nation. It's like, you, we only have bourbon in Kentucky because we can get it from Kentucky and that's where you get bourbon, Right. Or you go to Scotland, it's the same thing. If you want to have a scotch, like you can only buy scotch in Scotland if it's aged at a minimum of three years. Anyway, you, I'm mm. I'm going a little deep, but go ahead. No, you're 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 right. So port came about when France started banning imports of wine, if I recall correctly. So one of the major exporters of wine was Portugal. They did not like mm. this, so they created port, mm. and. Because uh, it was legal to import port, that's what they did to make money. Very sugary, like twenty percent alcohol. I've been on, I've been fucked up on port before. <laughs> not not pleasant to hang over the, the next day. <laughs> but you, you start seeing, and then you say, "Well, what is ice wine? Does can you really get wine from ice?" <laughs> um, that's the only thing that I noticed that is truly based on canadian innovation to like take take some words out of your mouth so it's just like the idea it's like I, you know when you think of wine i might think italy france or california or something like that when i think of whiskey i'll think of things like bourbon or scotch or anything like that it's like it's not something that's inherently canadian you know there's something about ice wine that just screams what canadians would do Based on their environment, the alcohol that they would produce. Well, it's like I'd hate to hurt your feelings. <laughs> I'd hate to hurt your feelings, but uh, ice wine was made mostly made in Germany until the Canadians came along. Yeah, we stole it. We stole it, and it was honestly, it's it's ours now. <laughs> well, it's because what happened in Germany? Hockey, they, hockey they, isn't even our national sport, by the way. I'll uh, clue some of you who aren't aware of that. <laughs> so it's ours now, though. It don't matter. So the Germans, uh, the Germans, because they're winters, they could make ice wine. I think these were, the article I read was like every three to five years they could make a good batch of ice wine. But the Canadians, yeah. well, we so can, we can make it every year. Very, German wine is generally very sweet, isn't it? Well, I think all wines. It's depending how you how you make it. It's mm. you can say the Germans only make sweet wine. I don't think that's fair. They make delicious beer. The, it's the land of honey and sweets. This is where we get our chocolate and our wine. That's the Dutch. <laughs> <laughs> the same thing. They don't call it Deutschland for nothing. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, so, anyways, like, so just take the time to understand. You say, well, cheese. And here's what grinds my gears. To take a, a, a parody from... Pita from Family Guy. My beef is with American cheese. When you say it's a craft single, well, guess what, guys? It's not made with milk. It's yeah. made with oil and, and, and plastic. And and here's the, here's the other thing. You talk about ice cream, and you're like, oh, ice cream is so delicious. Well, guess what, guys? Cheap ice cream is made with butter oil. Why is it made with yeah. butter oil? It's so they can get around the tariffs to get it into Canada. That is crazy. I did not know that. That's why I buy my dairy wholesome from Canadian companies like the Kawartha Dairy Farm. <laughs> well, and it's fine. Reed's Dairy, like support your local small dairy, and I think Definitely. good things happen. So Limestone Creamery is another place where you get delicious milk at $3.50 a liter, but it's delicious. You mean Cold Stone Creamery, right? No, Limestone Creamery. I'll take you there one day. Yeah, when you're older. Let's let's echo location our position while we're at it too. <laughs> I just got a feeling you get lost in a swamp somewhere. Um. No. <laughs> okay, go continue. <laughs> so you start. So life life is kind of interesting. So the things that we depend on, like how could I ever survive during the zombie apocalypse? Well, I'll tell you a couple things. Get chickens, because <laughs> then you got your meat and protein for a year, and a perfect garbage disposal. Because 
man, chickens eat anything besides celery <laughs> and carrots. Yeah. Um, no, definitely. Get to, and I mean, there's a lot of places, I know a lot of provinces who are getting like bylaw and municipalities are getting involved in that and they're allowing municipalities to start having chickens. Like you're allowed to have like six chickens in some places just in your backyard. Yeah, and and, and, and it's very progressive. So during World War One and Two, they're like, we need to feed the populations and the people that are deployed on uh, to fight the wars. Like, so we're, there's a yeah. shortage of food. How do we do that? They used to have posters, raise chickens in your backyard is one way to do it. Now, I'll tell you, it's, it's a so whole, like, chickens. That's is, fascinating. Chickens is like a whole subculture within our environment. It's like going to the bingo hall. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'll tell you, that, like, so I got, I, I've gone from six to eighteen. Okay, and back hang on, six. hang on. We need to step back. It's like going to the bingo hall. Okay, come on. Where did that come from? Oh, uh, <laughs> I, I, having chickens, having chickens is like going to the bingo hall. Come on, man. No, no, it's a subculture <laughs> within our society. It's like uh, you know people that you know do a particular activity, and only people that do that activity know about other people that do that activity. Okay, so they're so it's like LARPing, for either, example. Either either degenerate gamblers or really old people. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's not what I'm saying at all. Like you're you're taking a generalization <laughs> and trying to focus on a special case and apply it to everything. No, it's like LARPing. Gotta, no, no, I gotta, I gotta, <laughs> I just gotta poke fun at you, man. <laughs> so you, keep all, going. So all LARPers, you know I love you, but you guys are hilarious. But LARP, for those who don't know what that means, means live action role play. In other words, the people who l- watch Harry Potter and think it's real. No, 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 no. They get together in groups and costumes and, and shout lightning bolt, lightning bolt, <laughs> and do whatever they do that makes themselves happy. But the point is, they found a place <laughs> to be themselves. That that that's the main thing. True, true. Love you, LARPers. If I could get myself a costume, actually, I could. My wife makes that shit. She could probably make me a costume. I'd look like Legolas or something like that. Just really ugly version, though. At this point, you're scaring and- me, but let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, <laughs> so you start see- so you start seeing it's like a, it's, it's a, a subset of society. Where are you? No, no, I forgot where I was going to go with this. <laughs> you're killing me. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. <laughs> totally off track now. Uh, <laughs> you got me stuck on LARPers and I'm just visiting plush. <laughs> I'm visiting their, their more graphic cousins plushies. Oh, no. No, that's dark. That's too dark. That's some dark web shit, man. <laughs> oh, God. That's hilarious. <laughs> I'm trying. Hey, pause. Stop for a second. I'm going to go find out where yeah. we went. Okay, so like chickens are a subset of society, so so we can. <laughs> Go ahead, okay, keep going. Keep oh going. my god! So like chickens are a subset of society. No, but you keep cutting me off. Chicken people who raise chickens is a subset of society. So once you know a chicken guy, you're gonna, gonna be an, he's gonna be tied to another chicken guy. What? <laughs> well, think about it. So once you found out that I had chickens, who else did you find out had chickens? <laughs> Oh, well, I had known friends who owned chickens before I met you. Do not put yourself on a pedestal, sir. No, no, I'm, I'm uh, saying is no, that... No, but I knew a guy I knew a guy when I was uh, working out in Manitoba. Like, he would uh, come in, he'd uh, and I'd ask him, hey, you got any eggs? He'd say, yeah, I got tons. And I'd give him, like, two bucks for a curton. <clears throat> and he'd give me a dozen eggs. And yeah, it was, like, the best eggs I ever had because they were fresh. Well, I think the main thing is that chicken guy knows another chicken guy. Okay? okay, and there's like a daisy chain of chicken guys, or the chicken gal, chicken gals. Built. Yeah, so like a subset yeah. of society. So back to my original point. Ah, oh, well done. Okay, now I'm understanding. You are you're drawing a picture here for me. But you but you don't talk about being a chicken guy at work. You just we're just chicken guys in silence. It's like we're going. We're to, just. We have, <laughs> it's like we have secret meetings. <laughs> And handshakes, but anyways. 
Oh my god. <laughs> uh, no, don't start clucking. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, oh go, man. Keep, keep Are you going. okay? <laughs> Do you need a bathroom break? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I've walked around my house um, about. 250 times now just sitting here talking with you. <laughs> but do you know what no, else? I'm good. Do you know what else walks around the coop? Oh, <laughs> you son of a bitch. You knew. <laughs> you, you fucker. <laughs> it's shaped like a cigar box. Oh, uh, you're an asshole. I, oh. You Hannibal lectured me into that. I'm going to fuck you up. <laughs> Now I'm wa- now I'm walking in the opposite direction. <laughs> uh, just out of an act of defiance. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> I hate you. Won't you lay a lay, lay an egg in the middle of your kitchen? <laughs> I hate you. I hate you so much. <laughs> oh God, that's funny. <laughs> oh. So, anyways, so chicken More guy. educational, Mr. Rogers. Less entertaining. <laughs> so wine guys typically know wine guys. Soap guys know soap guys, and or gals for that matter. And chicken people know chicken people. Why? Because once you understand that there's another person out there, you get economies of scale, and no one wants to pay more than they have to for a hobby. So, so if you're getting ready for the zombie apocalypse, get chickens. Learn how to make soap, and you know what? Learn how to ferment stuff, and you'll survive it. What if the chickens becomes? I'm sorry, no, <laughs> no. But you, you 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 start learning that you know there's a lot more, and I hope you like quiche if you raise chickens because you get a lot of eggs. Quiche? Oh, okay. Well, like, what do you get on average? Well, you get it, it, one all, egg every couple of days or so depends on the species like rhode island reds like five to seven eggs a week per chicken <laughs> per chicken. <coughs> oh jesus oh my god that's crazy here's a story about animals that uh, caught me off guard very it's very similar to that remember it's a family um, show right what's that remember it's a family show yeah no 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 this is relax come on <laughs> jesus just get a grip <laughs> No, uh, when my wife and I were dating, <clears throat> well, the day that I said, hey, you know, you want to move in? Um, family like, show, family show. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it was, uh, this is a genuine, genuine husband and wife uh, interaction, you know, when they were dating type thing. Completely, completely soft. Don't worry, it's all good. <laughs> all right. well, once you talk about moving in. Yeah, okay, you keep interrupting me. I'm just, oh my God. Anyway, it's like, very, like, yeah. this is a safe story. This is a safe story. So you can get, you can be guaranteed, you snowflakes out there, that this will be a safe space for you. It's okay. Um, but <laughs> my, uh, my wife said, oh, okay. It's like, well, can I bring my pets here? I said, yeah, absolutely. Because I knew at the time that she had three pets. She had a dog, which I had already fallen in love with and the dog had already adopted family me show first you know <laughs> <laughs> anyway but she had two chinchillas as well and for those of you who don't know chinchillas are like uh they're like basically field rats from the andes they're super soft and fuzzy but if you remove the fur um it would look very it would be very scary to look at let's just put it that way anyway so she had these chinchillas <clears throat> um and the funny thing was, was that it's like, you know, and that, would it be okay if I got, because she was a pet freak to begin with. She, she can't not have pets around in the house. Um, so she's like, you know, if, if it were okay with you, uh, would I be able to get another pet or anything like that? You know, would that be, this is while we're still living together and all that kind of stuff. She, uh, she asked that question and I said, uh, well, I mean, we don't really have enough room. I don't mind it, but we don't really have enough room. So how about when, you know, the chinchillas pass away or whatever, you know, that's when we'll talk about getting another pet. And she's like, you know how long chinchillas live, right? And I'm like, yeah, it's like 
they're like gerbils, you know. If you take care of them and don't flush them down your toilet, they're like, I mean, accidentally, folks. Um, they live like what, two, three years? She's like, no, chinchillas live to be like fifteen to twenty years. I mean, you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Couldn't believe it. <laughs> I'm visualizing you trying to flush a gerbil down the toilet. Please don't, please don't let that image sake. It's a part of life and death. Your kid thinks that they can take care of a gerbil. It's like, oh, he's so cute. I swear I'll take care of him. And then two weeks later, you're having a... Did I say gerbil? I meant goldfish. Sorry. Yeah. I'm like, um, <laughs> a lot of toilets are like two and a half inches, and the gerbil I had was two and a half inches. And you're just going to have a big mess on your head and one pissed off gerbil. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I kept thinking about chinchillas. <laughs> I just picture you debolting the toilet and his tail hanging out. <laughs> oh, man, that's horrible. I'm sorry. PETA people are going to come and kill me now. They've got guards at the door. Why is it more acceptable than a gerbil than a, a fish? Just because one's a mammal and one's not? One doesn't count. <laughs> Fish don't count, folks. Sorry. Sorry yeah. for you. Yes, they do. Please make there. sure your goldfish are dead before you flush them down the toilet because carp are really bad for our ecosystems. <laughs> anyway, that was a story about animals, an animal fact that I didn't know and was completely caught off guard by. <laughs> so when I was growing up, in, uh, oh no, well, actually when I grew up, when I, when I was a teenager, uh, used to be able to go to the mall, and there'd be this woman knitting stuff, like hats and scarves in the mall. And she was environmentally friendly. <laughs> you know what, what the, how she, she had a loom there, she was making her own wool, and you're like, oh man, she's so environmentally friendly. Because we were like the rise of a green earth, and, and children, was it? Um, what do you call it? Uh, there's a whole bunch of different movements for Saving the planet, and I was in school, and all the we teachers... call them. We, the short word is vegans. No, 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 no. It was it was about <laughs> environmentally friendly, and I'd go to school, and they'd make make me sing songs about anti polystyrene. But I got a bolt on my house right now. But anyways, um, <laughs> the point being is is that what she was doing, and she had two puppies there, and they're really hairy puppies. Well. She had a loom. She would shave the puppies, turn it, the, the puppy hair into yarn, and then she was sitting there knitting stuff for the mall. Oh, Jesus. So, <laughs> so it's perfect. I would say this is a perfect idea until it rains. <laughs> wow. And you have a wool hat. <laughs> and all you can <sighs> taste is dog. Yeah. But anyways, if you have zombies, it might be a perfect scenario. <laughs> but <laughs> friendly tip uh, from a fam from a friendly uh, homeowner here, folks, as well. Uh, if you have a dog and they shed a lot, make sure you change your air filter a little bit more frequently than you normally do. That shit clogs the hell out of your air filters. That one's for free. <laughs> <laughs> The Lennox man thanks you. <laughs> man, you must think hey. you must think I'm a hick because I don't even have an air filter. I got a wood stove. That's right. That's right. You got a you you went really hillbilly. But then again, my <laughs> office is the same size as your main floor. <laughs> oh, it's all good. It's all we shall good. not speak of these things. Yeah. Well. You live in the city, they don't complain when you add two feet, three feet, or 15. Yeah. No, I get it. Oh, so anyways, we're going to talk about, let's <laughs> go back to probiotics. of owning more than one property. Yeah, I know, because you're much richer than I am. Um, Apparently. But let's talk about whiskey. And because it's not just me, it's about the drink and probiotics. <laughs> so anyways... So if Brandy comes from wine, because she's a fine girl, um, and we, 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 we take that, heat that, and then we get 
brandy. So cognac is a brandy. Um, there's a whole bunch of different names that come from different regions, and they just trademark the name. But it's really, you take a big pile of brandy, you put it in a pot, and you boil it. It goes down a little coil, condenses, and then you have brandy. I ha- I'm sorry. I have to make you apologize for that awful, terrible dad joke. You just... That's a disgrace to the song, to the band, and to the to the movie Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Come on, man! You can't make a joke like that and get away with that. Ugh. Do you know any guys named Brandy, or one no. of the sixty-four other ones? No. Okay, I rest my case. No, no. Come on, Brandy! You're a fine wine. No, just because she's a brandy doesn't mean she complains. That's not nice. Okay. Carry on. Anyways. <laughs> we're going to so get hate mail. But anyways. <laughs> I respect all women, including my wife. Anyways, we move I'm on. I'm not even talking about it. I'm talking about the song Brandy by Looking Glass. I know where That's it comes from. Right yeah, that was just a terrible joke. I wanted to acknowledge that. <laughs> Anyways, <clears throat> the logic flows. The logic flows that. Uh, so let's clarify. Whiskeys come from mash, and they're cooked because you need to get the sugar. Brandy comes from wine, and the sugar is already there, so it's all good. <clears throat> um. Bourbon versus Canadian rye. Canadian rye because it comes from a Bourbon rye. is made from corn, right? And bourbon is made from corn. It's yeah. where the sugar is. So yeah. if you figure out where the sugar comes from, you'll understand where your liquor comes from, and you'll just be happier for it. And you make good <clears throat> drunk conversation. That's why it all tastes different, because it comes from different different grasses, different plants, different and, vegetables, that kind of thing. And like gin is liquor, but it's it, you add in a whole bunch of... Um, Herbs to make it uh, smell better. Yeah, well, it comes from the juniper berry, right? Not all of them. Oh, okay. It all depends. So you have a bunch of herbs, um, and juniper. If you eat too much, is hallucinogenic, like absinthe. But I heard it makes you go blind. No, it's like a, I don't know if it's a myth or anything. There was it's like a tall tale that people tell you: you drink too much of that, you'll go blind. No, some junipers you can eat, some junipers you can't. Hmm. Interesting. So it all. What about so so? It's obviously a very sweet berry that it the majority comes from. But what about something like rum? Where does that come from? Is that part of sugar cane or whatever? Yeah, so it's fermented sugar cane. Uh, Essentially, cool. bacteria are like humans. They like uh, so. They need sugar to reproduce and be better and and you know have children and multiply. So did you just compare us to bacteria? Yeah. No. Oh. Need sugar. Welcome to the, welcome back to the Matrix, Agent Smith. I don't know where to go with that, but anyways. <laughs> so you see, so, so you take this, you know, so sugar. Animals need sugar. Mammals need sugar. Animals need sugar. So if you're a living organism, by the definition of living of any means, you need to find a way of converting sugar to energy, and then that's it. Reproduce mm-hmm. and die. Okay, so bacteria like that. So some bacteria require alcohol. So acetic bacteria take alcohol, and then they shit out vinegar, period. Um, honeys, they, they, make, they store sugar, so they don't actually um, excrete sugar. They puke out uh, honey, but a little bit different. But hmm. Anyways, where was I? Um, fuck, I'm drunk. Um, <laughs> you're killing me. This is one of our best episodes yet, I think. <laughs> Where was it going? So we got whisk. So we got wit. So bourbons come from. You corn. were going with whiskey. You were talking about whiskeys and the, the different fermentations of the world. So it's all about sugar and bacteria. So if you don't like bacteria, right. you're a fool because it gives us so many good things. Yeah, but if you go and buy somebody's product because it says plus plus bio or pro bio and it talks about how it's so beneficial for you because it has active bio ingredients, you're also an idiot. And well, chances are you're probably a rich idiot. 
You know, it's almost like the same thing. So let's let's buy vitamin D. So my my daughter, okay, got it. Kidney issues. Um, must you take a vitamin D supplement? According to the doctors, because it has people who take vitamin D tend to have more favorable outcomes. Got it. Check. Not necessarily correlated to she can't produce vitamin D. But anyways, if you need to produce vitamin D, go in the fucking sun. Yeah. So if you need vitamin... I think most people know that. Just go outside. No. You get it through the radiation. So if you need... If you need... um, Vitamin C? Eat an orange? Yeah. Or eat broccoli? Yeah, it's like that's what they had to do to prevent themselves from getting scurvy back in the day. Well, here's the thing. Like, vitamin C is in dark vegetables. You can ferment dark vegetables. And if you go through the history of um, preservation, so, like, um, our society and preservation really comes from our ship seafaring uh abilities so especially european countries now um you can dry meat to a certain extent but vitamin c is a water soluble vitamin so it needs to be stable in 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 water um Hmm. so one of the problems they had on ships was they couldn't preserve meat and what they started, because uh, what would happen is if your your meat was preserved improperly, you would get botulism, and you sick, get sick and die. Um, huh. So they came with the, the whole canning process for preservation of meat. It really co- involves a lot of sterilization, and that's how they did it. So it's not a probiotic process; it's more like a sanitation process. <clears throat> okay, so you're talking about when they're trying to make trips over in ships and that kind of stuff. And then you, and then you go into, that's how they developed the canning process. But all I can think of is like, how do you go from, you know, a colonial ship sailing the, the Atlantic to, uh, you know, an aluminum can. It's like, there's, I'm, I'm missing the time, the time leak leap there. I, I should, I should say. About a hundred years, 200 years. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, law... What did they use instead of an aluminum can to preserve their meat on those ships? Well, they had wine bottles. If, if, okay. <clears throat> used, a lot of times it was glass. Glass was used. Oh, okay, I see. And that's... It really came down to how they... The guys that returned for the research created champagne and... Well, monks created, but people that were experts in, in the bacteria, that's how they did it. Hmm. So, I mean, you think about it. I like grape juice. Grape juice has vitamin C. Let's do it. Um, but we, we, we through our history, we say, well, we need to have fresh vegetables all the time. I would argue that we don't. We don't need it. And you, and you say, well, why does it take 25,000 people to consult on the new Canada Food Guide? Well, it's because everybody's got an opinion. And Did you whiskey. just spend an hour talking about winemaking to arrive to the Canada Food Guide? I certainly did. Oh my God, you are Machiavellian. <laughs> and not obvious at all. <laughs> That's genius. <clears throat> no, but seriously, keep going. I'm fascinated. So the Canada Food Guide has spent years trying to figure it out they have like a i think it was a five-year revision period last one had bannock in it and bread and yeast and then they realized we're getting fat so they started you know bringing things back that we shouldn't have so many grains because grains are guess what sugar before it's cooked once you cook it once you cook it it becomes sugar right and then i can make whiskey yeah (laughs) But that's the, it's funny that you mentioned that. So, okay, the idea that the, the food guide, or let's say the food pyramid, because I think that that's in the U.S. too, isn't it? I can't remember. No, man, it's all changing. <clears throat> the rainbow where is did, going away. Where did the food pyramid come from? And we found out that it was written by the, it's like the Association of Wheat Farmers <laughs> or something like that. Oops. And it basically dictated that, the the most you should have in your diet is wheat. Well, of course, because it was written by wheat farmers. 
an association. That's like that's like cigarette companies trying to tell kids that in order to be De- in order to survive in society, you have to smoke. Yeah, it almost <laughs> it's a way to de-stress. Just have cigarettes. <clears throat> yeah, just have a have that croissant. But I mean, but the same thing about about food. So well, we preserve food to survive, right? Mm-hmm. Now, is it easier for me to if I'm a poor farmer and I'm trying to live like my ancestors did? Is it is it easier for me to preserve a lot of milk or a little milk? Well, my kids are eating it all the time, so I'm going to give them some milk now. I'll skim a little bit later, and we'll figure it out. Yeah. So, when we think about it, when we just really think about it, saying, okay, well, grains are hard to grow as a farmer. Because we're hunter-gatherers, then we're farmers, and then we're now in fat. So... If we ate vegetables that grew really easy, like turnips, below the ground, and pests are less of a problem, we eat lots of those. Well, guess what? So turnips, low in calories, one of the best proteins you can have for yourself. Potatoes, Mm. really good for vodka. So here's the best rule of thumb. If you can make a liquor... And the Irish. (laughs) No, the the Irish is a whole (laughs) other story, but yeah. Um... So if you can make a liquor from it, probably not the best thing for you to eat every all the time. If you can't make a liquor from it, eat a little bit less. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're not gonna enjoy life as much. It should be a <laughs> topping, so you should have a shot instead of a glass. Yeah. Um, so I mean, raspberry you can make raspberry liqueurs, but you, really on a salad, you only just sprinkle a little bit of the raspberries on there. Wow. Let's get sugar. Down. It comes down to sugar and bacteria and bacteria and understanding like the world isn't complex. It's several simple systems together and that make it complex that come together to make it appear complex. If you take the time to learn them, I think you probably have a simpler existence. You're, you're, you're saying that if we can break everything down to its basic fundamental parts, everything will be so much simpler. Well, you have understanding and appreciate for what it is. <laughs> Lawnmower man. I agree. I agree. Well, should we wrap up or? Yeah, so I think it was a good summary. Anyways, uh, I'm Whiskey. And I'm Rox. Have a good week. Hey, everybody. Rox here. I just want to take another moment of your time and shamelessly ask that you like and subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your weekly dose of Whiskey and Rocks. We're currently on iTunes. We're now officially on the Google Play Store. Uh, we're on Stitcher and YouTube, and we're continuously looking for more ways to expand. As well, you can help us out even more if you write us a review on Facebook, tell all your friends, and even get involved in the conversation. Thanks again for listening, and stay tuned for more 320 Club.